0: Hey, everyone, this is Heath Cummings from Live This Life. I want to thank you for stopping by to check out some of our earlier episodes of the show. Before you let these early test episodes make or break your opinion on the podcast, please check out some of our more recent episodes. This was a conceptual project from the start that we really weren't planning on going more than a handful of episodes, but it's caught on and we really gained a lot of momentum in recent months. We hope you get something valuable from the experience. And if you do, please subscribe, share with family and friends check out our social media links, and you can also listen to full episodes now on our YouTube channel. Thanks again for checking out the show. I'm so eternally grateful that you are giving us some space in your day for our content. I hope you enjoy. Keep living. Many of us in this world find ourselves searching for ways to feel more alive. We move through our lives day after day, living through the same repetitive cycles and the same stressful patterns that often leave us feeling defeated, underappreciated, or unfulfilled. But what if there were a different way to perceive life? What if out there we were able to find the keys to a happy, healthy, and fulfilling reality right here right now for those of us who are looking for a way to transform our lives for those of us who want to learn how to fully live in this moment to change how we feel how we perceive the world and awaken to a better reality so we can fully live this life this is the live this life podcast i'm your host heath cummings i'm here to inspire you to ask yourself the question are you living Or are you killing time? Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Live This Life podcast. I'm your host, Heath Cummings. Thank you very much for tuning in. Today's episode, we are going to be starting a new series that I'm going to call Finding Life, where we will talk with people who have transformed their lives to a whole new display of self. Like I always tell people, we all have a story to tell. And one of the most important things that I want people to realize is when you tell your story, it is not a comparison. Just because other people have a story that is more triumphant or more tragic or whatever the perception might be on your own, that's no reason to not tell your story. That's no reason for you not to get on a soapbox and talk about where you have come from, what adversity you've overcome, Or what your goals even are, you know, where you're maybe aiming, where your trajectory is heading. Some of the most rewarding stories for me to hear are the ones where people put their resilience on display. Stories where someone is tenacious in their overcoming obstacles or striving for survival. No matter how many times they've been knocked down, they bounce right back up. Or the story of the underdog who overcomes huge adversities to make it to the top. I guess that's why the Rocky movies are huge to me. I mean, I, I grew up watching them and, you know, I guess it was the action, I guess, when I was a kid and stuff like that. But as I got older, this the story of overcoming the tragedies that that came up in those movies and the drama that went along with it, I guess I was able to appreciate it more. And I guess they're so moving to me because in them, he never gave up, no matter what was going on he never gave up. And it's been a huge motivation in my life. You know, I guess whatever gets it done for you, right? I mean, they they did really inspire me. And I know it did the same thing for a lot of people. I'm a former meathead, even though I'm into my my in-depth, hippie, spiritual consciousness concepts and all that stuff. I've learned a lot in my life through playing sports. I, I've been boxing since I was probably about 14 years old. And I played football through high school. And, you know, they're a very, very battle-oriented sport. It puts a lot of wear and tear and strain on you, but I feel like you, you dig deep at certain points. I know I did at a lot of different points of my, my life while I was playing sports, but that's a whole other conversation. Hearing from people who also said at one point in their life, enough, enough losing, enough sacrifice, enough of this career or lifestyle that just doesn't resonate with them anymore, and those people who have transformed their lives into a whole new version of self, or even those transformations that were maybe less drastic and more organic, that they just kind of let things go in a different direction and didn't pursue something that they they just didn't want to pursue anymore. I'd love to hear those stories. I'd love to hear all of them. So if you have a story to tell and you maybe want to be on this segment about how you found life, a whole new way of your life please write me and maybe we can connect for an episode of the podcast. You can write to me at connect at livethislife.org. I'm also on Instagram, Facebook on both the live this life pages. So you can contact me that way. We can keep the names anonymous if that's what the person wants. Um, But I think this is a great way for people to share their stories of really shifting life to a more fuller, meaningful way, a more, more inspiring way of life and it could give someone else that inspiration or recipe that they might be able to follow so they can do the same thing. I've learned a lot about my limits and how I never really reach them, about how I've just kept setting the bar higher and higher in my life. Sometimes we just have to be pushed to our limits to find out what they are and if you weather the storm you push that boundary to its limits no matter how far you feel like you're being pushed. If you're still here to talk about it, you still have not reached your limit. If you, if you can still take more, you haven't reached your limit. We don't always want to. We don't always want to keep on going and want to keep taking punishment. And we do hit our breaking point. But sometimes we just need a breaking point to come so we can heal a little bit and come back for more. And when you realize that you're able to stand up and come back for more, you're not at your limit. Your your bar has been raised higher. Before I get into my story, I will say that I will try to keep it as lighthearted as I possibly can. I do want to focus on some of the adversities because that's kind of the point of showing, you know, the rags to riches, the the things that drew you down. And no matter what it was, you, you broke free of those chains and came back up. But I promise it does have a happy ending at the end. Um, I'll spoil it a bit and say that a majority of my adult life that I was in law enforcement and before I get too far into that story, this podcast will not focus on that way of life. You know, I know that there's a a big feeling towards those types of people and people who have, have experience in law enforcement are typically people who have a very ego driven sense of self. I was there at one point. That's what the story is going to focus on. But trust me, this this podcast is nothing about law enforcement. We're not going to go down those roads. Probably quite opposite. But um, Also, I want to mention that my choices for the medical treatments that I'm going to talk to were very drastic and risky. And I would not recommend that people do the same thing and consult medical professionals on any life-threatening disease treatments or drastic changes in your diet. My story is unique just like yours and everyone else's. Mine starts out being an only child of two young parents they had me when they were and they're i think they were about 20 years old i was born in the early 80s i played outside until the street lights came on all that good stuff in in rural western massachusetts my parents divorced shortly after i was born but despite that my childhood was a good one you know i i, I was always well taken care of my mother worked many jobs to make sure we could keep a home over our head um, you know my father was around for a time but he, he started a new family and moved across the country and, and that part was tough. You know, my mom had to take on the world of raising a, a headstrong guy like me on her own. And, uh, you know, a guy who still is headstrong and doesn't take no for an answer. And that, that started at a young age. Um, you know, she has no one to blame for herself for that one because she is the queen of that. So the, uh, the household with my mom, we had, we had good times and bad. I'm like every other teenage kid does. You know, we, we had a few difficult times like most of us do. You know that we had some uh there were there were men that would come and go and would stick in my life for a little while and hang around for a few years and and i'd get attached to them for a while and they would leave you know some were good guys some were not i was always kind of looking for that father figure when my father wasn't around and you know sometimes the household did get violent and that i think maybe translated into some of the things that i wanted to pursue later on in my career you know the the protector of people I had a few times where I witnessed some things that have stuck with me through my adult life. And, you know, those things did make me who I am. I, I myself, was a pretty difficult teenager. I, I almost failed out of high school early on, which was hard because I was a good athlete. My high school friends were always upset with me because I would run around with a rougher crowd. And uh, it would get me into trouble. I wouldn't be eligible to play sports, football, which is a sport that I absolutely loved when I was younger. Um, but I just didn't do enough to stay in school and stay clean. I had a certain crowd that I ran with, and and that got me into trouble. And luckily, when one of those incidents happened, one of my friends of that time got arrested, and that scared the living hell out of me. Uh, I think maybe my mom coming to get me in the middle of that whole thing was probably the thing that scared me the most. But, uh, you know, that incident turned around, actually. You know, I... I went on my path towards ever, all this stuff that I'm about to talk about, and that particular friend ended up going to to prison a few times and had quite a, a rough um, a, a rough time going up. So, I mean, our roads diverged, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for it, the fact that it did. I ended up graduating high school about halfway through my senior year. I mean, I got things together. I started playing sports. I started doing pretty good. And, you know, I graduated early and I had no idea what I wanted to do at that point. And I had to figure it out pretty quickly. I had a close family friend who was a former police chief who planted the bright idea in my head of maybe being a cop. So a few interviews later and one shaved goatee later, I uh, I was in the police academy at age 18 and actually graduated. Um, I started that, I think, two or three weeks after high school ended for me in January. And then before our June graduation of our senior year, uh, I had already graduated from police academy and I was off and running. And at that point, it, it started a 20 a year cycle for me that just ended that last year. And I grew through a lot. I, I went through, I a lot of people say they're going through things, but now I've learned it's more important to say that you've grown through things instead. And I grew through a whole lot of experiences in those 20 years. I was always in competition with myself. I still am. No matter what I do, it has to be perfect. And I took that job as seriously as I possibly could. And to be honest, it was probably taken way too seriously at certain points, but you know, I, I hit some adversity early on. I saw some things that I didn't like, I didn't agree with in that law enforcement world. And I opened up my big mouth and I spoke up and I got the hammer dropped on me by the brass or the administration. But being that headstrong guy, when when I think I'm right, I think I'm right. And I took them on. And luckily I, I came out on top. It wasn't after a uh, you know quite a long battle, but I, I ended up coming out on top of the whole situation. But when it was all over... I didn't have the same fire and vigor for the job that I did before it all started. And I decided to take it in a different branch. You know, I became a public safety director uh, for museums at age 25, which was challenging in and of itself at that age. I mean, being in charge of something like that at such a young age at 25. I mean, we're still kids at that point. So, I mean, I look back on it now and I'm kind of shocked at, you know, me getting that job at such a young age. But I excelled at that one, too. I took it as far as I could. I, I made some headlines. I, I met a lot of interesting people and dignitaries, presidents, kings, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I actually worked on a really interesting art theft case with the FBI that made national headlines. You can still Google that up and look it up if you're interested. It, it was a pretty interesting story. It was a great experience. But at a certain point in that career, I saw some things that I didn't like again. And yet again, I had another fight that ensued. And that was that was a tougher one. But like all those other tough times, I I fought through those adversities and I came out on top a stronger, better person. And, you know, I fought for the things that were right and won. But during that decade of my professional accomplishments, my personal life crumbled. I really focused on my career. But, you know, at a certain point, I became a father and I wasn't focused on the things that I'm realizing now that I should have been focused on. I was so much into my career that just some stuff I got a little too wrapped up in. I, you know, sometimes I'm not even allowed to talk about it at this point in my career or in my life. But some stuff um, I got super high on my horse, really. I really got a huge ego. It developed a massive superiority complex. You know, I was also into boxing since I was like 14 years old. And I was pretty, pretty talented in that, too. I feel like um, I, was, I was pretty good. I knew at a certain point that I was pretty good. And that just added to the ego. It just built on that whole thing. But everything came to a screeching halt at age 26. I developed my first case of cancer. My wife was seven, seven months pregnant with my son. And I, I actually was misdiagnosed at first by my doctor at the time, who told me that it was nothing to worry about. And, of course, I trusted him. And I didn't do anything about it at first. But my wife convinced me to dig deeper, considering we had a baby on the way. So I got a second opinion, and they determined that I had a malignant tumor, tumor, and it was cancerous. So the first case of cancer came and went. And instead of me maybe settling down and appreciating life a little bit more than I did before, like most people, normal people would, I guess, in that situation— it built my ego up even worse. You know, at that point I was like, well, uh, you know, even cancer can't take me down and there's there's nothing that's going to beat me. And I just got way too much of a, even further arrogance about me and became a little bit bitter because of the whole thing too. And after a few years, the um, I was on a watchful sort of waiting thing. I declined chemotherapy and radiation. They said it was a, such a, an early case that I caught it so early that – I didn't necessarily need it. They recommended it, but I didn't need it. But then they radiated me with a lot of CAT scans and actually had someone who was in the radiology department tell me, you're having way too many. I was going every three months to get them. And they pulled me aside and said, you know, what is this for? And I told them, and they were like, you better get a second opinion because this is way too much radiation for someone your age. So I transferred my care elsewhere, and at age 29... The cancer came back, and the second time it was much more serious. The second time it was a whole different type of cancer. It wasn't actually a spread of the first one; it was a whole independent case in and of itself. So it was, it was kind of suspect. We were wondering maybe the the huge amount of radiation, uh, maybe that indeed did give it to us, give it to me. But um, either way, I had it, and the second one was much tougher. I had to have lymph nodes taken out and my immune system was compromised. I had to be on hormones, which I'm on for the rest of my life and a lot of other things. And at that point, I really felt like the medical world betrayed me. You know, the first doctor failed me. The ones who were in my post-cancer care failed me. And I transferred my care to Boston, to the Dana-Farber Institute after that. And it was, it has been one of the greatest experiences since. But my life... After that, didn't stop facing adversity by any means. That was only the beginning of the dark night of my soul. The dark night of the soul is something that a lot of people go through that kind of transforms them like like the cocoon that a butterfly would go into. And I had a lot of tough times adjusting to my health. My health declined after that second cancer. I had pneumonia several times in one year. Um, I was on all those sorts of hormones that were making my emotions go all up and down. And now every time, of course, I got a sore throat or anything else, it was like, oh boy, the cancer came back. And I was constantly at the doctor's. And it started to really take a strain on our marriage. And at one point, my wife actually ended up living with some friends because she just couldn't take the person who I had become. I'd become extremely bitter about life. And I was never really a happy person. And I was always on everyone for everything. And it just became too much for her to handle. At the same time, like I said, my, my health kept declining. And I was still working that police job as a part-time gig in addition to all that other museum security stuff that I was doing. And one, uh, one particular year right after cancer, it was 2011, we have a bridge in that town that I used to work in, this, this big, beautiful bridge that was unfortunately a place where a lot of people chose to end their life that were having mental health problems. And throughout the course of my career, I think I probably had close to a dozen incidents that I had to deal with there, and four of them were that year right after my second cancer, and one of them was a very serious one. I'm not going to get into the details of it here, but it was it was one that was pretty serious. And some some of those incidents, I could get there and I saved people. You know, I I saved them from the railing, and sometimes I was able to talk them down. Sometimes they they went right in front of me, and sometimes it was it was trying to find them after they had had gone. <clears throat> so at a certain point, after all these things were crumbling around me, I had to look at myself and say, what is going on? What the hell has your life become? I mean, I knew there was farther I could fall, but not by much. And now I had lost the one person who was the closest to me in my life. I mean, at that point, I think me and my wife had been together for 10 years, married for five and we had known each other since middle school. I mean, she's the most wonderful person I've ever met. And here, I here I drove I, I drove her away from us. So I stepped back and really searched deep for who I was going to be, because I know that the person that I had become, the person I had been, was not good. It wasn't a person that I wanted to even be around. Never mind anyone else wanted to be around this person. So. I, I guess I was looking for what everybody else does you know they, they turn to God they turn to religion and I didn't find what everyone else had found I didn't find what I was looking for I looked into a lot of different religions and you know with an investigative mind like mine they didn't really add up they didn't make sense to me hundred percent so I couldn't buy into them a hundred percent there were some religions that that did make sense to me like um, you know, Buddhism really resonated with me—not fully, but there were some things in it that really seemed to to make me feel a little bit more at peace and understand, the, you know, the universe and the way things work a little bit more. The 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 Tao um, and the the Tao Te Ching was another one that that really resonated with me as well. And I looked into the philosophies of how the the energies of the body work and the chakra system, and that resonated with me as well because I was so root-based and battle-driven at the times I had had cancer, that it made sense that those were the imbalances in my body, that maybe that's where the the imbalance of the energy was focused, and that's what manifested. All these things you know, painted a much clearer picture, and it led down so many more rabbit holes of spiritual discovery and a lot of philosophies of the universe. And it really just helped me become a more down-to-earth-centered person so that no matter what... I could set a good example for my son to not be the guy who I had been. Luckily, he was young enough where I didn't influence him too much. But I also wanted to vow that I was never going to treat someone like I had treated my wife and created a home like I had treated that would drive someone else away. But luckily, she saw how much I had changed and how true and lasting that change was. And it actually saved our marriage. It was... It was a blessing in disguise because ever since then, our marriage has been phenomenal. We've had some ups and downs since then, but I mean, like every couple, it, we we managed to have come through it all, though. That was the biggest part is that with a lot of our troubles, we've managed to come through it all because we're able to come back to a healthy basis of what we have for a relationship now. And as a part of all those studies, I, I, I really adopted a... a much more holistic and healthy way of eating and diet. You know, the whole year after my cancer, I really focused on the alkaline diet. I cut most of me out of my diet, 100%. And that second time I had cancer, they advocated that I had chemotherapy and radiation this time, and I declined. And that was a serious risk, it really was. But I also felt like I had been betrayed by them, so I really didn't think that I wanted to do something that I knew was going to be damaging to my body and trust them 100%. So I sought other alternatives out, and luckily, those those things worked for me. But like I said, it was risky. But, you know, 10 years later, you know, it was worth it. So among many other things, I looked into a lot of Wayne Dyer's teachings about the Tao and the Tao Te Ching and the I Ching. And it, it, it really inspired me to look at a whole lot of other areas where we talk about manifesting the universe around us and, and how we really control our lives from one aspect to the next, from one end to the other. And it it crossed paths with so many different inspirational people and podcasts and speakers and stuff. It's led me to meet some incredible people in the last few years. And then it also, when I met these people, I realized that most of the people that I had hung out with previously in my career, in my life, I didn't really have anything to discuss with them anymore. If I talked about some of this stuff with them, they would have looked at me like I had 10 heads. So, I mean, it really started to shift the the people that I had in my personal life. And then it also made me really look at what I was doing professionally, because a lot of them didn't have the empathy towards humanity that I was starting to develop. You know, we would, we would have an incident, you know, if we dealt with someone who was you know addicted to drugs, we would deal with an overdose incident. And we, I would just hear the comments about how they would say things about a person that they've had to save over and over again and how it was a waste. And I couldn't believe some of the things that I heard because I didn't feel that way. And a few of the times that I spoke up and said, you know, that's someone's son or daughter, you know, that's somebody who's suffering right now. And that wasn't the mindset that a lot of them had and I just started to become more of a black sheep and outcast and I realized that that line of work was no longer something that I, I wanted to do and also, you know, the, the, the traumas that you go through the scars of PTSD and having the post-traumatic stress with your health and there were some other things that happened too that I won't focus on in this podcast that happened in my adult life. So the point in two thousand seventeen that I really dedicated myself to moving on, uh, me and my wife were actually going to open a restaurant in the town that we lived in. We spent a lot of money on that venture. Uh, we thought it would be great to have a family business and and be around each other all the time. But you know, like uh, like the Rock Dwayne Johnson says about his story about not making a professional football team, that it was the best thing that never happened to him and. So many people in our town, our circle of friends, are always talking about, wow, I wish you would have opened up that restaurant, it have been so good. But I think that was the best thing that never happened to us because there are so many great things that happened since then and people that I've met, and I don't think those things would have happened the same way. So in a sense, it was the best thing that didn't happen to us. So because of that, my plan B was sort of failing. It, you know, things were... Not working out in the way that we we wanted them to. So I ended up taking a position as a school resource officer for my son's school district. And at the time he was in elementary school and I worked in the high school in that school district. I traveled to all the elementary schools. I, I became a life skills teacher and I, t- I did the typical, you know, drugs and alcohol education and, and that kind of stuff in the schools. And I did a lot of like, counseling for the kids. They, you know, they come to my office and Talk about their tough times and and all these other things. It was probably one of the best jobs that I could have wrapped up my law enforcement career with. But the unfortunate part about that was, and I wasn't informed this when I took the job, is that when school was over in the summer, I got stuck back on night shifts dealing with all the same situations that I left police work for. All of the, the incidents and the potential hazards and the exposure to sick people and and traumatic incidents, all the things that I didn't want to deal with anymore, I was thrust back in now full time. And I hadn't been full time in that career path since I was 22 or 23 years old. And here I was 38 with all of these things that I, you know, I really didn't want to be in that career path. And now here I was again, full time. So I started to feel really trapped. And I had crossed some paths, like I said, with some people that were great spiritual leaders. I was listening to podcasts and self-development shows, and reading books, and I had started to listen to the Positive Head podcast, because I had searched the word positive on the podcast, and that was one of the first ones that popped up, and that was a great podcast, and it that forever changed my life. The host of that podcast, Brandon Beecham, is one of my biggest mentors in my entire life, and especially right now in this this venture of self-discovery and spiritual awakening and really mastering yourself. So I wrote him. I felt really trapped. I didn't have many people I could talk to about this. You know, I still had the same circle of friends. And when I wrote to him, I focused so much on being trapped. I focused so much that I couldn't break free. And I asked him, what do I do? How do I break free? How do I get out of this line of work and get through all these traumas I've been through when I'm stuck in this position that I'm in? And his advice to me was profound and life-changing. He said, just love where you are. As crazy as that sounds, just love where you are. He actually read the letter that I wrote him on the podcast and did an entire episode about it. And it seemed to resonate a lot with people. There's a lot of feedback on Facebook. There were a lot of people in public safety who listened to that podcast, which kind of shocked me. It's a very, very hippie kind of a, of a podcast. It goes pretty deep on some stuff. And I was really surprised at the feedback that, it, that people were responding to. He said to me, just love where you are, love what you're doing, and you'll see that everything changes. You'll see your world around you will change. So I figured, what do I have to lose? So I tried it. And within three weeks, I kid you not, within three weeks, everything started to change. I started to cross paths with some very influential people. I had some jobs open up to me that I applied to, and I had received several offers at the same time for jobs completely out of law enforcement. One of them was a great public health job of developing public health programs in schools and athletic activities. And another one was doing green projects in schools and and doing project management. So things really opened up and it hasn't stopped since. This was was, um, August, September of 2018. And I'm recording this now in October of 2019. And it has been a nonstop landslide of Things manifesting in my life. Almost everything I focus on has been coming to me faster than I can I can realize. Faster than I can actually pace myself with. One of those things was I, I wanted to affect some change in law enforcement. Some of the things that I saw and and the position that I was in, I really wasn't able to do that. So I ran for election in the town that I live in and won the election. I manifested a win. And I'm now uh, one third, it's a mayoral board, a select board of the town. And I'm, I'm one of the the three selectmen in the town. And I'm able to, to do a lot of great beneficial things for our town in that position. So it's just another example of changing that mindset and just loving the adversity that comes at you no matter where you are, loving what it is, trying to take the experience of what it is and transmuting that into something beneficial in your life and learning from every experience that comes at you, reflecting on things every day and figuring out a way that that can benefit your life. And now at this point in my life, I have this mindset that if there's anything that I want to do, I'm going to do it. If there's something I want to go after, I'm going to try it. Life's too short to not try it. I mean, after uh, my, my second cancer, the doctors told me that I would never box again, that I would be stupid if I did. And I made it a, a point that I was going to do everything I could to get in the best shape that I possibly could and uh and give it a shot in about three or four years after my second cancer i i got very healthy battled myself back into great shape and i got back in the ring again i was uh, on the state police boxing team from massachusetts and uh, i got in there scored a knockout in the first minute or so uh, and then then hung it up after that called it quits I, i i that also affected me a little bit different because I didn't like how much of a bully I felt like. It just wasn't the same anymore. I was glad I bounced back. But then I had a whole other host of things I had to deal with as far as feeling like a bully and all that other kind of stuff. But still, I, I went after something. I had the mindset and I didn't let someone tell me I couldn't do it. And uh, I've, I've carried that torch with me ever since, that fire. And uh, it's something that I don't think will ever burn out. So as you can imagine, this transformation of the person that I used to be into what I am, and also coming out with this podcast and doing this kind of uh, the life coaching things that I do with people. Um, I'm also doing uh, life coaching on the side. If you're interested, you can check out live this And I'll have some coaching information up there for people who are trying to overcome some of the things in their life, do some one on one phone calls with people and give them my opinions on where they might be able to go. I just recently got certified as a life coach. I can say if there's something that you want to pursue in your life, if there's a change you want to make, if you've gone to college for a certain career path and it doesn't resonate with you anymore, you don't have to do it. You don't have to stay there. If there's a relationship that isn't healthy for you anymore, you don't have to stay there. If there's something you want to do, you've got to go out and do it. One of the lines from uh, one of the Rocky movies is fighters fight. And we're all fighters in life. We all have to keep on battling every single day. And if there's something you want, if there's something you want to fight for, you go out and do it. Don't let anybody else tell you you can't. And don't be fearful of what other people are going to think because eventually you'll get over that. If you push through that fear, you will get to the other side. I was afraid of what people might think about this podcast. And at this point, I could care less. I hope people like it. If they don't, don't listen. But Here I am and here it is, and uh, I hope these kinds of things, these kinds of stories help inspire you to do the same type of work in your life, to have the same or similar type of results. So with that, we'll wrap up this episode, this first part of the Finding Life series. I hope that you're still with us. I know this is a very long episode, but I hope it's inspired you to be a bit resilient in your life. I hope it's inspired you to Maybe shake things up a little bit, try something new, let something go, whatever it is that you might need to wake up tomorrow to a whole new day. Uh, I hope that you heard something here that gives you that little bit of power. And with that, we will wrap up the first of the Finding Life segment of the podcast. And if you have a story to share about survival, resilience, reinventing a whole new version of self, or, you know, maybe a profound story about your own spiritual awakening process, drop us a line, connect with me at connect at live this Or you can find me on social media. You can direct message me there on both Facebook and Instagram, but definitely let us know if you have a story that you'd like to share on the podcast and we would love to get together and see if we can make something happen. And we'll wrap up this episode of the podcast with a song by soul rising appropriately titled a new day. And this one is off of the chill out sessions until next time. Keep living. Thanks for listening.